0: Hi, my name's Andy Cope, and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted, and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting, or insightful, or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple. Anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain, and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. Okay, podcast listeners, um, excitement uh, beyond belief today because if we go back a little bit and give this one a big build up, I think it was the back end of 2005, I was chun- chuntering along as a lecturer in academia, trotting out the usual interlocking circles and pyramid type stuff um, and I read textbooks for fun, it was a bit bizarre back in those days if I think about it now and then for some reason I decided to get a book, it was a brand new book at the time called Sumo, you should shut up and move on. And it's not the kind of book that I would normally go for. It's like a self-help, personal development book. I'd never read that genre. And um, oh my gosh, I think I, I don't want to say it changed my life because that sounds too 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 much too dramatic. But do you know what? I did end up giving my job up, doing a PhD, setting up my own business, and now I write that kind of book. So that's pretty big build-up. Um, now since then so, that, so Sumo Shut Up and Move On was is written by a guy called Paul McGee and since I've got to know Paul and um, what a lovely bloke I, I class him as a normal bloke as in he supports Wigan for one thing which is a bit odd um, and he also happens to be not only a great writer but a world class trainer and um I've been trying to entice him onto the podcast for a while, and guess what? He's got a new book coming out that we're going to talk about in a bit. It's called How to Have a Great Life. I've had a sneaky preview, but uh, welcome, sir. This is Derby calling Warrington. Are you receiving over...
1: Yeah, it, we've we've just got the internet in Warrington in the last week, <laughs> so uh, we've still got the cobbled motorways. But mate, we are we're doing great. The sun is shining, and I, and I have to challenge you on something straight away, Andy. Cool. You know, I loved your last book, Shine. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I love all the, you know, it made me laugh out loud. But you said something in it that I've got to call you out on. You said, "The English summer." Is my favourite day of the year. Well, let me tell you, we've had a week this in Warrington. (laughs) We've had a flipping week of summer. A whole week of summer. So take it back, your favourite day of the year. Where's your favourite week? It's my favourite week. Yeah, yeah. Seven days in Warrington. People don't know what to do with themselves. The (laughs) the birds, the birds have got insomnia because the heat's keeping them awake. It's just going crazy.
0: People complaining about it. Yeah, you know the heat. (laughs) oh oh, absolutely absolutely (laughs) all right fella can we i mean i want to get up to your new book eventually but can we can we start with the old because it it did it was a a cage rattler a knee shaker for me having not ever accessed personal development before um so can we go back to sumo fella because i know it's a big thing for you you as well now i know your story but can you give me a potted history of where sumo came from
1: yeah so um a high-flying graduate management trainee with unilever the world at my feet, the world's my oyster, loads of cash, um, become ill with ME, myalgic encephalomyelitis, shuppy flu, chronic fatigue syndrome, lose my job, almost lose my house, fortunately didn't lose my marriage, my wife was amazing. Three years ill, um, improve, relapse, improve, relapse, never knew you could get over it. Had a goal when I was, I don't know, in my late 20s. I'm going to get a part-time job. I feel I can cope with a part-time job. Maybe stacking shelves in a supermarket. Couldn't get one of those because no one had hired me because I couldn't pass a medical. So I hired myself. I was flipping amazing at the interview, standout (laughs) candidate. And and from there on, mate, I went self-employed. And, you know, just to encourage your listeners, if sometimes it's, you know, you kind of look at you, you look at me, look at other people, oh, God, it's amazing what you do. You know, there's been a journey, I always say, behind someone's glory, there's a story. And, you know, my first year, I turned over £2,300. I paid no tax, no national insurance, and my accountant sacked me. But, a bit like you, I got really into personal development, started talking about it with a passion things evolved over time and I heard this phrase sumo shut up move on and it, that's all it was a phrase but things happened over that was in 2002 but in a three-year period things evolved and some said why don't you write a book called sumo and at the time I said it's just a catchphrase. I couldn't write a paragraph but I ended up writing more than a paragraph and um, it sold about 140,000 worldwide. So it's done pretty good and it kind of um, made a bit of a mark for me and uh, lots of other things have spun off from there. So that's it in a nutshell. You,
0: you know when you wrote Sumo, because I don't know this, when you wrote Sumo, were you already a speaker or was, did Sumo... Get you in there. How did that come about?
1: Yeah, I'd been mainly doing uh, you know, training. Uh you know, you were very kind in how you described me as a world class trainer. So I would often just do small group work, but I started to do occasionally seminars for these American companies who were doing these one day seminars in the UK. And they didn't want to keep on flying American speakers over. So to save the air flights, they started hiring some British speakers. So I was doing these seminars and and these training sessions for sometimes just up to a dozen people. And I would do the occasional keynotes, but it was mainly on stress. And then Sumo was the launching pad, really. So I'd kind of dipped my toe in the world of speaking. But it would have been a bit of a stretch to call myself a keynote speaker at the time.
0: Right. Okay. Fabulous stuff. And um, I guess the thing is, when you write when you write Sumo, you had no idea it was going to be such a hit. And I think it's a seminal sort of British. I love the Britishness, fella. I love the fact. Tell me about the Mancunian sort of thing, because I, I love the fact that you're grounded.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, I think some people, you know, let's be honest, when you hear that phrase motivational speaker, there are going to be some people go, oh, right, okay, I could do with a bit of motivation. And some people go, pass me the sick bucket. Um, And I so often one of the things I say to people is you're not going to get rah-rah, you know, Californian motivation. You know, look at yourself in the mirror going, I'm a tiger, I'm a tiger. I'm from Manchester. And I say, so for me, Mancunian motivation is three things. (laughs) Tell it as it is. No bull and let's be really practical. And you know what's really interesting is even when I tell that in America, they flipping love it, and they go, yeah, that's what we want. So I think it's British, but I think most people don't just want that rah-rah, they want some reality as well.
0: Yeah, and we want doable stuff, don't we? And we want... we Totally. You know, and I, I, I... Yes, I've heard a lot of rah-rah in my time. And I think, potentially, I, my, maybe on stage, I've punched the air a couple of times myself. So I, I'll try and refrain <laughs> from doing that. But no, A bit I, of enthusiasm is great.
1: <laughs> we need a bit of rah-rah. But it's good to have a little bit of that reality. And people go away thinking, not just that was amazing, but maybe I can be amazing, and I've got some tools to help me on that journey. That's what it's about, and that's what it, you and I do, isn't it?
0: It is. Well, we do. We kind of make almost exactly the same thing. And you could argue that we're competing with each other, but I think it's much more... I think there's plenty of room for people... I think if you're good, then then people will book you anyway. And um, sure. I uh, we we end we stopped chasing money ages ago, and we just thought, do you know what? If we can just be the best at what we do, and just just authentic as well. It's Absolutely, like, it's like proper. You have to believe in it. Do you know what? Recently, you know, like particularly doing school stuff, I've been close to tears because I really, really, really care about what I'm talking about, and I really want people to to get as enthusiastic about their life as I am about mine. And I'm- I. Th-
1: i think that's well that, that's the key andy do you know what i mean and i think and i think i think our audiences recognize that so that's not about bigging ourselves up but you know you, you, the book shine i have this almost like this little you could call it little mini prayer lord help me to to serve as well as shine and at the end of the day we are serving people with the stuff that we, we we're sharing not from position of superior superiority or we've got it all together but you know what it's like guys this has really helped me. This is what I've discovered. My life wasn't great. It's still not always great. But these ideas, insights, tools have really helped me. And here it is. I want to serve you and share it with you. And you take it or leave it, really, in some respects. But people will – people can suss us out. And I think they know where we're coming from. And y- just yeah. keep being yourself.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So can we go just through a bit, a little bit of Sumo in terms of – because I think your, th- your thing is that life actually is – unfair sometimes and it isn't appropriate to be positive and happy and I mean we we preach that as well to be fair you know yeah, life, sure. life is going to deal you with we call it the, the, you know there's going to be a turd on the pavement sometimes but sometimes the pavement the plot, is just more twist but, but yeah but more yeah. sometimes the pavement is more turd than pavement isn't it you know and yeah, it's almost yeah, sure. you, you can't you're going to tread in something so give me your give me something from sumo before we talk about the new book what yeah so how do we if when things don't go our way what tactics strategies concepts
1: yeah I mean one well, so you know the foundation to my sumo stuff is this little formula E plus R equals O it's the event plus how I respond that influences my outcome so rather than go I've had a bad event, so not the outcome is going to be. We're still in the equation in some way, with how we respond. Sometimes, you know how you respond? In what I would call, you need a bit of hippo time. What are hippos doing? Mud, they wallow. So, you know what? It's, sometimes it's okay, to not always feel okay. You know, you might wake up and you find out that day, you got that letters arrived or that email, going to tell you about that dream job and you didn't get it. Well, you know what? you're not a robot permission to sort of go you know what it's okay to not just feel okay i'm gonna have a little bit of a wall and gonna have some hippo time to feel mad bad or sad is okay however and this is the big point it's okay but it's temporary so hippo time is okay but it's temporary so that could be one strategy another one sometimes from that often people quote from my material is you know things don't always go great but you know what on a scale of one to ten where ten's death where is it and you know the Daily Mail were going to serialize one of my books for five days It was going to be a one or two page spread from a book How Not to Worry and they changed their mind and the way I kind of dealt with it because I was gutted needed a bit of hippo time but was okay How important will this be in six months' time? We've got to sometimes, you know, have kind and constructive conversations with ourselves to kind of go, okay, I've had the event, but the outcome isn't inevitable. It's to do with how I respond. And sometimes I respond with hippo time, asking myself good questions, or just seeking a bit of support from other people and going, buddy, can I have a little chat? Because I just need to have a little bit of a a minor BMW session, a bitch and a whinge. But once I've done it once, I will move on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it's a challenge when there's so many things thrown at you that. I, th- I think we're very good at, at turning a – where is it on a scale of 1 to 10? Turning a 2 into a 9, aren't we? I, oh. Do you not see it all the time on Twitter and everywhere? Is people – potholes at the moment, mate. I don't know when people are going to listen to this podcast, right? But currently in Derby, we've got a pothole issue, right? There yes. are people going mad about potholes. It's headline news in the local paper. It's on. There's phone-ins on the local radio about <laughs> potholes, mate. Now, where is a pothole on a – where, you know, has anybody died? No, no, they haven't. You might have you might have to change your tyre occasionally but we are, we are I think the modern world kind of is, is magnified and, and, and draws light to things and pretending they're a nine when they're really not
1: well I mean if I move on and I mean you might still want to do sumo but one of the chapters in my new book is called Dethrone the Drama Queen you know, and, and the fact is that we can be very dramatic and people can drum up a drama, they rev up our emotions, that's awful, that's terrible, do you feel suicidal? Well, no, it's an ingrowing toenail, I think I'll get over it, or, you know, and I think we just need to step back and go, all right, no, potholes aren't great, but you know what, on a scale of one to 10 with ten's death, let's scale it down from a nine to how about a 0.002 yes. instead.
0: Well, and the thing is, and exactly right, I love the the, the kind of uh, drama queen thing, by the way, Um. The thing is you end up living a calmer life, don't you where you where you notice everybody around you is getting angry and stressed and i call it i call it irritable bastard syndrome is 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 that people yes. are just getting so angry about tiny trivia stuff and and i end, I've ended up in the last ten years living a much calmer life i occasionally forget and I end up. You know, somebody cuts me up and and I end up chasing them home. But it's a rare thing. It's a rare thing <laughs> now. One hundred and
1: twenty-seven miles because they lived in
0: Scotland.
1: But hey, ho, Andy! In the main, you're fine with it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, I'll be, but most of the time, I'm much calmer and I, and I love it. My life is is fantastic because of it. So, and part of that comes from you know reading books like like yours and. And I think David Taylor's Naked Leader is awesome as well. So, so they were the books that launched me on my on my journey, my life-changing journey. But then you've had lots of books in between. You've just talked about How Not to Worry, which is a great book as well. I like your yeah, there was um Sumo Your Relationships as well, which I don't know if it was your bestseller, but I I, I thought that was a really smart book um, as well. So you've had you've had all this kind of stuff. Before we come to the new book, um, yeah you know you've been doing this now what as a speaker as a trainer for 15 odd years has anything changed you know when you go into a business and you're doing a keynote do you I don't know if an, I can't work out if anything's actually changed other than we, everything's got a bit faster but the,
1: I think for me I think uh, the thing I would say that I've, I've recognised that maybe has changed is I think I think the millennials you know people under you know under 30 I think some of them become a little bit more receptive to some of the stuff we're talking about um, I think things like, you know, so when I was starting my speaking, you know, we we use the word stress But we didn't use the word well-being. We didn't use the word resilience grits mental health And I think there's it's a bit more on people's radar So the analogy I'll often use, you know, when you're on the plane safety announcements dropping cabin pressure oxygen masks will come down and then it says put your own on first before helping others and then I go you know what this is about you today. This is about putting your own oxygen mask on. The word inspire means to breathe life into. And then I'll go, but I don't know about you, but so many things suck the life out of us. And I think, so what's changed has been, I think, personal development, but not necessarily... as a a phrase, is more on people's radar than it possibly was a few years ago. Does that make sense?
0: It makes perfect sense. In in terms
1: of well-being, resilience, it's mainstream news. The royal family talk about it. So, And I've kind of you know, evolved my material. So I spoke at a conference last year with Ruby Wax, the comedian, and it was a mental health conference. Well, when I started speaking, and when I started talking about Sumo, no one would have put me in that bracket that Mm. this message could be relevant for mental health, but now it is. So I think the marketplace has changed to a degree, and I think you're dead right, we're living more faster, frantic lives. And I think some people are going, I need a little bit of an idea on how to press pause here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well in terms of pressing pause, I'll tell you what, mindfulness is the thing. If we if I don't really I mean our, our stuff covers mindfulness, but mindfulness seems to be the revolution at the moment it's the oldest kind of trick in the book isn't it of of being in the moment and being in that present moment uh, yeah yeah, yeah so it's, it's all good stuff and actually what you just said in terms of telling with the with the millennials we are increasingly asked to deliver not just in schools but in uni- in universities and schools now so I was in a uni yesterday delivering to the students about yeah. Do you know what academia is great and, and you get yourself a, a degree that's fantastic but when i i don 't want to sound old and crusty, but when I left school i didn't I didn't go to uni you know to start with, and i wasn 't going to do a levels because hardly anybody did <laughs> yes. and, and 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 therefore getting a degree was a guarantee of a job for life and all this fun because it was like literally five percent of the population, and now it 's fifty percent of the population, so the degree of course it 's good and it's it 's worthy, but if you can marry that with having a bit of pizzazz and a positive attitude and, and, a, and a can-do mentality and, a, and an ability to walk into a room and create energy in other people, then that's really what organizations are looking for in the modern world is is somebody who, who is resilient and full of grit and, and can take charge of their own well-being. So absolutely. I do think that you, you're right. It's it's morphed into... We're more mainstream now <laughs> than, we were, yeah, than we were 15 and, years ago. And what,
1: if, what you've said in many ways is, you know what? You need the skill set, but you need the mindset as well and you marry those two together and that becomes a very very powerful combination it really
0: does indeed Right, my friend, the new book. I have, uh, I've got loads of stuff written down. You know, I did do some prep for this, mate. Now I've lost all my bits of paper. I—I I mean, you have a new book coming out very soon. When, depending on when people are listening to this podcast, it might already be out. So, how to have? Uh, uh, well, well, you tell me about it. because it's different. <laughs> it's different. I've not even—I've had a sneaky preview. I was going to re- while I'm looking through my papers, looking for a couple of quotes. I was going to okay. give you. I'll, I'll just ramble
1: on for the next minutes. D- yeah, thanks, minutes. mate. Give me, give me, give me. Okay. Yeah yeah all right so yeah it's called how to have a great life and the subtitle is 35 surprisingly simple ways to success fulfillment and happiness and i guess what's different about the book this time is um you know we're all under time pressure we talk about you know life's fast doing life on fast forward and i thought you know i love personal development books i'm passionate about it i talk about it but even Icelanders get a book and go When's this chapter gonna end? When am I gonna get to the end of this book? Sometimes they give me a bit heavy, a bit too much science, not enough of like the humor and lightness that you have. And so I thought Let's write a book, and in some respects, it's like snack-size inspiration, but without a sell-by date. So each chapter will take, well, I think the longest one to read probably would take around six minutes. So when you're waiting for a friend and you've got the book with you, you suddenly go, you know what, I'm going to read something here. And it's not about I've got to read the book. I'll just read a chapter. They're all standalone chapters. So whereas Sumo was almost like here's your set menu, um and I've got my E plus R equals O foundation principle, then the six sumo principles. Now it's kind of like it's more of a buffet. It's a smogger's board of ideas. There's 35 here, folks. Don't tell me you can't get anything from at least one of these. And some chapters have been more relevant for other people, depending on where they're at in life than others. But I also think it's the kind of book you can pick up, share with other people, buy for other people. And some of them go, oh, I'm not into this self-help, I don't really read books. And you go, you don't need to read the book, but you do need to have a look at Dethrone the Drama Queen. Or you do need to know about Don't Throw Your Dreams in the Bin. Or you do need to know about don't wait for someone's funeral. And it's like, well, what are all those about? And say, well, if you've got five minutes, you'll have read the chapter and you know what it's all about. So want to make it just accessible stuff for people, really, snack size, rather than getting, you know, bloated on information. I want to get, I mean, kind of like, nourished with inspiration and wisdom, really. Oh,
0: mate, I'll tell you what, well, that's the best best sales pitch I've ever heard for a book, yeah? Really? Uh, no, no, it's good. <laughs> I, I got written down here, tell me, because uh, I've highlighted the phrase snack-sized inspiration, because that's what you say in the okay. intro. Okay. So I was going to say, what's that all about? You just explained that, so that's fabulous.
1: Um, so can I, you just tell your listeners you've found your notes so we are we is that uh, oh yeah uh, no that you it? yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> no you've
0: rabbited on long enough yeah you've rescued me <laughs> good of now i i cuz i wasn't you know when you like you you said you'd share a, a few chapters you sent me some stuff over and i'm thinking hang on cuz this could be anything it may cuz he's my hero what if he's written a pile of you know doggy doodoos and i read it mate and I, well i read it three times it was absolutely brilliant and i love the a uh, slightly Well, it's not, because it's not random. I think it's like Chicken Soup for the Soul, but without the American schmaltzy making me feel sick to the pit of my stomach. You you know what I mean? I don't know if you've read Chicken Soup, but it's so syrupy and and sickly, it makes me want to retch. Um, But it sold about a billion copies, so Chicken Soup for the Soul. And then there's a British version of that, which is what you've basically done, is take... Yeah, i think it's like your greatest hits you've you've taken what you've done in your previous books and you've re- you've rewritten it it's the same stuff you're not tricking me mate it's the same stuff but you've rewritten it in in a way that i think only you can as a yeah, series think, of kind oh, of stories or tales or true things that you've got a meaning to them sure i mean i would
1: say there is i mean like so one of my one of the chapters is called wallowing is okay for a while And there would definitely be, you know, you go, oh, well, actually, that's kind of hippo time, isn't it? But framed in a different way. But I would also say there's some of my greatest hits rewritten, in a sense, and reframed. Because at the end of the day, also, I'm very aware of, some people are never going to buy a bottle and tell them to shut up and move on. Do you know what I mean? So there's an audience out there I've not been able to reach. But there are things like... You know, make peace with Paradox, live oh, man, life on purpose. it's opera, the other one I've got
0: underlined. Right. Those kind of on. things,
1: though, that would be, you go, oh, actually, you've not written about that before. So there is some of the... It's like having um, a, a greatest hits album, but with some new songs on it as well. So it's not just your greatest <laughs> hits. It's like, and here's some others that might become... Your greatest hits, you know. I mean, that live life on purpose is not something I've really ever expressly talked about in such yeah. an explicit way. So I would say, yeah, some of it. If, if if people already know my stuff, I don't want to switch off and go, oh well, he's just going to say the same old thing but in a different way. I'll, I'll, there'll be some reminders but there's some refreshing other new stuff as well I think Mate, is I know
0: your stuff inside out right and you're absolutely right it is it is it is refreshing and it, and it. I think it works beautifully but in terms of greatest hits and stuff by the way I went to see Mark Olmond you know um, oh yes uh, on, on, Tainted on Love tough. yeah and guess what he didn't do Tainted Love no right? yeah he didn't do it so we all go home going because the thought of the encore, it's got to be Tainted Love, because that's all. Everybody, has 3,000 people here. That's what we've come for. He didn't yes. do it, mate. And he Not didn't do his greatest hit, and we went away disappointed. So the fact that you have got your greatest hits in there, along with some cheeky little new stuff, is, yeah. is, is awesome. And make peace with paradox. Can I just read a couple of bits out? So it's, it's like literally just two pages, two and a half pages of, of stuff. Uh, and the paradox, and it's all about paradoxes. It's all about things that work both ways. So your words exactly, it says we are. Ir- Bit depressing this first sentence, but it does get better. We are irrelevant <laughs> <laughs> That's a big sound. Thanks for that. Your <laughs> no, audience, no,
1: as you are about to say this, are already <laughs> leaning in, going, shut up any background sound. I want to hear what Kofi has got to say about sumo. <laughs> and he starts by going, Right, this next sentence it is a bit depressing, but it gets better.
0: Hey, but it's genius writing, mate. These are your words. You came up with it. We are irrelevant micro-sized specks of insignificance insignificance existing briefly in a vast universe universe. We're also people who are significant whose lives matter. Our action or inaction makes a difference to the future of this planet and to the people around us. And then there's other bits and bits and bits and I come to another paradox. Um, we plan our holidays but not our lives. Another paradox, we dream of relaxing on a beach and then complain of boredom when we get there. And mate, they're, they're all true, aren't they? They're all, we're wrestling with the, on, on, you know, the, on one hand it's this, on the other hand it's that. And, and so I, I don't know kind of where that takes me. Oh, by the way, you also, you swear. I didn't know you that you'd done a swear word.
1: I've just done one swear. You've word. done one. That's oh, so the first swear word in about ten <laughs> books you've ever written. Can I read it? It's, out? it's listening to you, Andy. It's rubbing off. <laughs> yeah, sorry, about that. I have a long way to go though. Compared to got where you are at.
0: Yeah, you've got a long way to go on the swearing front. You've got a lot to learn, there, fella. But no, I, I, it stands out because it's. Um, I can't find it now. I've lost it in my notes. It respect.
1: was. I think.
0: Um, it was a beautiful phrase. I'm going to find it. You talk for a second while I find it.
1: it. And I think when you say about <laughs> where you're going with paradox, I think the point around that, and again, just if you listen to the, think about, it, is sometimes we're all searching for the right answer and I'm kind of like going you know one of my chapters is called have the courage to quit sometimes so everyone's going you've got to persevere got to persevere got to persevere well sometimes you have and sometimes you've got to have the courage to quit so it's recognizing that sometimes there isn't just the right way to achieve a great life to be successful to be happy there's lots of different ways and some of them are quite paradoxical so I you could give someone a piece of advice and it could work you give someone the same piece of advice and it, and it doesn't work for them you just got to acknowledge that it's not like there's one truth and get all stressed about just need to find the magic answer it's like you know life isn't black and white it's technicolor. so just make peace with paradox sometimes you do need to have the courage to quit and sometimes don't leave your dreams in the bin oh
0: good lad good lad Right yeah, I found, I found your naughty word I'm just going to read it out right because you said it other, <laughs> other, I think it's a cla- I think this is a cla- and I to say I think this is a classic yes, um, uh, a classic personal development line that will go down in annals of history. other people's grass may appear to be greener, but quite often it's been fertilized with bullshit mate that is a fantastic line discuss.
1: Well, I think you know. Let's be honest. And one of the problems we have, particularly with social media, is you know it's so easy now to almost like con- concoct a new and create a new identity, and you're presenting the edited Photoshop version of your life, and you know people start to compare their unedited lives with your edited life, and actually your your grass might appear greener, but it's constantly you know fertilizer bullshit. I mean. You know, I'm in the speaking world and and I meet some people who I would say, you know, so there's be certain people like yourself, people like Andy Bounds. um, There's various people who I'd go... They're one of us. They're part of our tribe. Do you know what I mean? You, you, what you get, what you see, is what you get. They're the same off stage as they are on stage. And then there's other people in the speaking world, and you just kind of like going, "Well, actually, I did find out. Although you're saying about how amazing that international gig was, you actually had to pay your own airfare. They didn't pay you. And you are, you know, and sometimes, oh yeah, I had to achieve this and I had to achieve that. And I'm like going, "Bullshit, boys. Why don't we just be authentic and we're sometimes." Projecting this amazing perception of who we are and this image and yet sometimes deep down that isn't the reality I mean I know people in the speaking world who are who've approached me who are you know seen as gurus in the industry and super successful and they're going I'm not VAT registered, I'm really struggling financially. Have you got any leads you can pass them away? And I'm like, man Alive, you are so good at creating a very inauthentic image of who you are to the outside world when I know the real you. And I'm just kind of, one of my chapters is called Quit Playing the Game You Can't Win. And that is the comparison game. So you earlier on said, you know what, we could be seen as competitors. And yeah, you've got a choice, haven't you? Com- competitors or collaborators, people who complement each other, or how can I get one over Andy Cope, or how can you get one over Sumo? And it's like you know what, just quit playing the game because you'll win gigs that I won't and vice versa and someone like Tony Robbins is always going to get an astronomical amount of money for what he does and some books that aren't great will sell a billion and it's just like, yeah, it is as it is. Shut up and move on. Get out there and start creating things rather than comparing and sometimes what you're comparing your life to isn't actually a reality anyway. (laughs) It's just flipping well fertilised with bullshit and that's why it appears greener.
0: Excellent, oh, that's just wonderfully said, wonderfully said, I implore everybody to go, well they will go and buy your book on the basis of that of that last uh, monologue for, for two <laughs> minutes mate, well it's Churchillian, it was Churchillian, it was like I was standing up saluting going hurrah! <laughs> uh, hurrah. Yeah
1: we will, you can buy it on the beaches, yeah okay. <laughs>
0: you can read it on the beaches for sure mate Absolutely. excellent all right um so last thing then it's something that i always ask everybody last question is because we're all about happiness and i know that you are as well really um coming at it from a slightly different angle but so what makes paul mcgee happy what is happiness fella
1: well on one level you know if if we an athletic win i'm, I'm happy <laughs> um if my kids still so, so shallow be, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> But, you know, well, there's different, maybe there's, maybe there's something you'll look at in the future. Are there different levels of happiness? Is there, a respect, is there a spectrum to it? But I think at the end of the day, I think what makes me happy is, is to feel, is actually say, well, am I fulfilled? Do I feel I've got a bit of a meaning and a purpose in life? And do I enjoy what I'm doing? And if I feel that, you know, I've discovered what I'm good at and I can use that gift or that talent or ability to actually help other people, then that's good enough for me. And that doesn't mean I'm going around with a big Cheshire, che- Cheshire cheese grin on my face. Um, is it Cheshire cheese or Cheshire cat? Cheshire cat. Grins, Let's go for yeah, it's a cat. Yeah. Anyway, cat. There's something about Cheshire in it, anyway. <laughs> um, but it's not always about grinning and just life's amazing. It's just almost like, a, for me, happiness is that deep within inner contentment that, you know what, I'm okay the world's got a few problems but deep down it's pretty okay let's just keep on going mad making a difference and when they lower me down you know um at my funeral some people might have the odd nice thing to say about
0: hey, me fellow. And, Do you know, yeah we're
1: gonna win the champions league and it's all sorted
0: yes yes i'm not sure about that. so last
1: long one. longish answer but i mean it's you know it's a short question that could could you know last another three or four hours discussing it
0: Well, I mean, I think you've nailed it there in terms of there is a happiness spectrum, a continuum from this kind of quiet contentment at one end to this kind of mad jazz hands woohoo at the other end. They're all happiness. Happiness is all the way along that continuum. Yeah. And I and you are less about the woohoo jazz hands bouncing around. You know, I I, I tweeted the other day, I I do like to burn the candle at both ends and live my life fully, but I also like to be in bed by nine o'clock. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you flipping dirty stop out, mate. No one, you know, the streets are empty in Warrington at nine o'clock. No one dares go out. Even the Rattlelas go out in pairs around here, mate. I'll tell you. <laughs>
0: But, but, so, I was trying to put me off, right, is, is what you just alluded to is something quite powerful, is that the other end of that spectrum is contentment and being comfortable with who you are and being happy with you a lot. And that, yes. I think, is the is, is a hard one to find, but if you found that, then that is true happiness. I really, really think it is, yeah, because it's not just in the moment, it's, it's within, it's, it's there all the yeah. time if you can and get it. And it's
1: not, it's not dependent on what kind of circumstances you have right. that day. No. It's that sense of even if the crap comes, it's still okay.
0: Oh, top man. Great stuff. Well, I knew it would be inspiring. It's awesome. I, everybody go out and buy the new book, um, which will be in the on, in the book or certainly for pre-order right now. Paul, thanks ever so much for giving us half an hour of your time, fella. I know this is going to get lots and lots of hits, and I will see you soon. Thanks for being on the thanks, podcast. Cheers, fella. Have
1: a great day. <laughs>
0: And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts.